Hello everyone and welcome back to Simply Kennedy. I'm your host Kennedy Castillo. In case this is your first time here, this is the pop culture podcast where I talk about everything related to pop culture and that whole universe. And today is a very special episode. It is our annual goodbye 2023 hello 2024 new year's special in today's episode i'm gonna have some special guests and i'm going to be counting down my top 10 favorites of this year so i'll be telling you my favorite series my favorite movies podcasts songs and memorable pop culture moments of the year you're not going to want to miss it it's a very special episode i've been preparing it's been in the works for a long time and i'm so excited to have made it to the end of this year it's been a great year and i look forward to next year and improving the podcast even more this year was our fifth year of the podcast which is actually insane and i'm just really excited to be here with you all and to this is I think the fifth or sixth time we do this new year special so very exciting stuff all right um before we get started I just wanted to say that one actually before we get started I want to thank you all very much for your support this year for your um you know love and everything that you've showed this podcast for listening for subscribing for tuning in every week for being patient whenever I don't have new episodes for a bit and for just really being fans of the show thank you so much you don't know how much you mean to me and I'll give you an even bigger thank you at the end of the episode but I just want to start off by saying thank you the other thing that I want to mention is I do have another podcast called simply screen reviews over there I review movies and series and I did review I did a four-part episode so two parts for movies two parts for series those are the last four episodes of the podcast and I reviewed every single movie and series that I've seen this year so if you're interested in checking that out you can find that at anchor.fm slash simply screen reviews or you can search simply screen reviews in Spotify or wherever it is that you get your podcasts so I just wanted to let you guys know about that but today in this episode of simply Kennedy I'll be revealing my top 10 favorite series and movies so just so you all are aware of the order of how the episode is going to go i will do series then movies then podcasts then songs and finish it off with memorable pop culture moments i will have a few special guests throughout the episode so you have that little treat to look forward to as well other than that i think it's time to start this very special episode Alright, so let's kick things off with the top 10 movies of 2023. Now just a disclaimer, and I will probably be giving this disclaimer a bit throughout, but this is just my opinion based off of the movies that I saw this year. Everyone's entitled to their own opinions, and I welcome that and celebrate that, but this list is my personal top 10, and of course I only counted movies that came out in 2023. And I'm really excited to share it with you all. And if you want to hear me review every single movie that I've watched this year in 2023, then you should check out my other podcast, Simply Screen Reviews, anchor.fm slash Simply Screen Reviews. There's part one and part two of reviewing every movie that I saw this year, as well as series. There's a part one and part two of that. So four part special episodes over there if you want to check that out. But without further ado, let's get into the top 10 movies of 2023 for me anyway. All right. At 
number 10, I have Journey to Bethlehem. So Journey to Bethlehem, I was just really going to see it because my friend wanted to go see it and we went to see it together. And of course, Milo Mannheim was in it. And if you guys don't know, that's an actor that was like in everything this year. So we just kind of were interested in seeing it. But I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it. It was a little bit campy. It was obviously the classic nativity story that we all know, but they found a way to, I don't want to say make it more entertaining, but essentially yes do just that and I thought it was a really fun movie I thought it was very well done very exciting so yeah Journey to Bethlehem is my number 10 at number 9 I have the Marvels I'm a big Marvel fan and I do agree with a lot of people that I feel like Marvel's kind of been going downhill I would say maybe since Avengers Endgame after that however I do feel like this year was the year of some improvements and some better Marvel movies and I thoroughly enjoyed the Marvels I thought it was great I thought in terms of some of the movies like Marvel made last year and even the year before I thought it was really good and I loved the introduction of Kamala Khan I loved seeing um for the first time, Monica Rambeau as the hero that will eventually become Photon. I love the uh, obviously seeing Captain Marvel herself again, Carol Danvers. Um, and then I loved the kind of hints towards a potential Young Avengers movie in the future with that Kate Bishop end credit scene. I thought it was great. I thought it was a little bit underrated as well. I go see every Marvel movie when it comes out. And it was pretty much the lowest turnout for any Marvel movie premiere night I had ever seen and I was a little disappointed in that and if you haven't seen it yet I do recommend you go see it I think it was honestly in my opinion better than the first Captain Marvel movie at number eight I have Creed 3 and I really didn't see the first two Creed movies or if I did I just don't remember them but I thought this movie was great first of all I'm a big Michael B. Jordan fan so that of course was one of the reasons why I watched it but I really enjoyed it. There was ASL representation, deaf community representation, which I thought was great. The story was great. It was um, a little bit, you know, you kind of know where it's going and what's going to happen. But I think it was entertaining. It was just a fun movie. And I'm not like a huge fan of the original Rocky movies, which obviously this is a spinoff of that. But I have seen them enough to kind of feel like this had a similar essence, a similar vibe. I thought it was done really well and I thoroughly enjoyed it. At number seven, I have Flamin' Hot, and I feel like just the quality of movies this year was so good that for me, this truly, like, I can't believe it's this low on the list, as well as the next one that's going to be at number six. I wish it was higher up, but there was just such great movies this year that I so much enjoyed. So, Flamin' Hot is a little low, but it honestly was one of the best movies that I saw this year. It was Eva Longoria's directorial debut. It had incredible Latino representation, which is so important to me, as you all know, and I love the story and I love authentic Latino stories being told and I watched it twice in a row. I watched it the, like the day it came out by myself and then the next day I told my family, hey, we got to watch this. So we did and they all loved it and I know I have some friends that watched it and they loved it as well. I thought it was a great movie, a great story, great representation and very motivational as well. So that's at number seven for me. At number six is A Million Miles Away. Another movie that really had great representation this year. I honestly just 
adored this movie. I watched it again twice. I watched it once with my family, but my sister wasn't with us, so then we watched it again with my sister. And it's a movie that doesn't get old. It's so inspirational. Another great Latino story being told. I love how much Latino representation there was this year, but not just fictional stories. I love that there were real stories being told of great people throughout history and i love this it was the story of the first mexican astronaut that got to go to space with nasa and his tenacity and just he you know applied for the space program i think it was like over 10 times and kept getting rejected and rejected and did not take no for an answer and truly it was a great story that i really recommend if you haven't seen this movie you definitely should watch it at number five i have guardians of the galaxy volume three now this is the first year i think i've been doing this since the start of the podcast but this is the first year that i don't think a marvel movie made my top i don't even think top three i usually have one but with that being said guardians of the galaxy volume three was great again i think this is a marvel movie that tops some of the movies that we've seen in previous years it was very emotional it was this team the guardians of the galaxy that we've been seeing for movie after movie this was the third film but we saw them also in infinity war we got a glimpse of them in thor we got the guardians of galaxy holiday special and yet this film really revealed to us things about the guardians that we didn't know it brought them closer together as a team I love that they didn't undo everything that happened to Gamora in Endgame. I love that she was, you know, still not that character that we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, for example. And I just thought it was a great story. Very emotional. Very much focused on Rocket. And despite not being like a human character, they really were able to add some emotion there and make the story really interesting. At number four, I have Blue Beetle, and this is a big shocker to me. Never in a million years did I expect that I would have a DC movie ranked above Marvel. This is actually the first DC movie I've ever even seen, because growing up, I've always been a Marvel fan, and I grew up reading the Marvel comics, and I started watching, like, the first Iron Man movie when the MCU started, and even prior to that, like, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, so i was very shocked but i gotta say blue beetle was really good again latino representation this is the first latino superhero to get their own film which i thought was incredible it was an origin story but sometimes origin stories like the first movie for example um captain america one out of the trilogy is just not as good because they're just setting up whereas with blue beetle i thought it was phenomenal i thought they did an incredible job yes setting up but also giving us this emotional story but this relatable family and i love how family-centric this film was a lot of times with superheroes you don't get a lot of um background on their family or you don't get a lot of their family being the center of the story and this film did a really great job with that and i just really loved it and thoroughly enjoyed it i don't know if it was just because i felt like i could relate to it in terms of like family being at the core and then the latino representation or what it was but i really enjoyed this movie 100 percent at number three, a movie that I really thought, almost thought was going to take the top spot this year, or at least top two, but again, the movies this year were just so good, it didn't, is Barbie. 
and I absolutely loved Barbie. I thought it was a great movie. Obviously, everyone was looking forward to it, and even since the trailer dropped, I think there was even a trailer last year, or just photos that came out, and everyone was looking forward to it, and of course, we went to the theater all dressed up in pink, and everyone was living their best Barbie lives, but I really thought the movie was great. I did actually a whole review of it, which was, I think, my longest review this year on my other podcast, Simply Screen Reviews, and I just really loved it. I think Margot Robbie was incredible. I loved America Ferrera as well. Ariana Greenblatt, like everyone killed it in the movie. Um, and I just really enjoyed it. I, you know, I thought they had really funny moments. I thought they had some great, like, feminist moments as well the soundtrack unbeatable we've got like Billie Eilish um what was I made for we've got Dua Lipa dance the night which is one of my favorite well (laughs) never mind not gonna say not gonna say which songs are my favorite this year because you're gonna have to wait till later on in the episode to find that out but yeah I just thought it was so good so well done exceeded my expectations because sometimes you know people are getting really hyped for a movie and I think we see a trailer, we see pictures, and we get so excited, and we're like, oh, it's gonna be the movie of the year, and then, you know, we're disappointed, because we put so, such high expectations on it, but I really, really loved the Barbie movie. At number two, and let me give a disclaimer before I reveal what my number one and two are, by saying this, they were really, really close, and anybody who knows me might even be shocked that my number two is not number one, but it was a really tough decision. But at number two, I have Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Now, I am like the biggest Hunger Games fan ever. And I got the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes book when it came out. I think it was like 2020. And so I was really excited for the film. And let me just say this. I've only seen it once. I actually plan on going to see it again, hopefully, this first week of 2024. Um, So I... Yeah, I I am going to see it again. I think maybe just because I've only seen it once. That's why it's at number two and not number one. But with that being said, it was so good. Such a wonderful prequel that literally has me going back and rewatching the original four movies with a totally different perspective and just completely questioning everything I've ever known. And it's so good. I think Rachel Zegler does an incredible job. Tom Blythe. The cast is great. Um, The soundtrack is also really good. I was surprised how much I enjoyed the songs from the movie. But it was such a great film. Like, honestly, like I said, number two this year. One of my favorites. Almost number one. Like, so close to being number one. But so, so good nonetheless. And at number one... We have Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now, I grappled with this a few times. I was like, are we sure? Spider-Man over Hunger Games. And you know what? I was sure. I love this movie. I actually saw it, I believe, at least three, maybe four times in theater. I went to watch it on my birthday, actually, because my birthday fell during the week. And I was doing stuff on the weekend, but I wanted to do something on my actual birthday. And I went to go see this movie. And I just absolutely adored it. I thought it was a great follow-up to the hit that was the first Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I love the introduction of the new character, Spider-Man 2099. It's one of my favorites from the comics. And we also got so many nods to comic book readers. So many little Easter eggs that if you read the Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, you know, any of the, like, spider society comics then you know like you see these little tidbits which I think were great there was also great representation just like what I talked about with Blue Beetle I loved that 
there was Latino representation, Afro-Latino in Miles Morales' case, but nonetheless, great representation specifically with the mother, Rio Morales. I think that representation was incredible. Um, and I think also it was very family-centric. And again, you don't often get that with a superhero film, but I think it adds such an added layer of depth to it. And then, of course, the animation for me is just out of this world. The way they were able to show all these different animation styles and yet let them seamlessly blend together obviously we saw parts of this in the first movie but the second movie just hit it out of the ballpark like sony is unmatched with that animation i mean every world had its own look if you're in gwen's universe it had this beautiful like watercolor look to it that is just like her comics but yet you blend it blends seamlessly into the next universe and characters who are out of their universe looked out of place but also did not look too out of place if that makes sense and i just think such a good movie so so good i think back when the original spider-man across the spider-verse came out that movie made my list that year as well so of course it had to make my list this year and it was so so good so yeah that was my top movie of the year top 10 of course and I saw 31 movies this year so it was a really tough decision I think honestly if I go back if I were to go back and do a marathon of these top 10 movies right now and then I would probably even change up my order a little bit you know but this is just my opinion when making the list and of the 31 movies I saw this year there were some really good ones too that didn't even make the list I have to mention um some shout outs and I usually don't do this but I have to I have to um I want to say The Little Mermaid with Halle Bailey so good it was so close to being on my list it literally was and then I rearranged and then it wasn't anymore but The Little Mermaid was so good at midnight another movie that I didn't even expect to be so good there was just some great ones I also just watched Family Switch that was great um so many good movies this year I just have to kind of mention that um and innovative movies as well choose love was so innovative so different such a great movie as well um and there were just some movies that didn't get to make this list unfortunately but that I absolutely adored and I have to say also honorary top of the list but I didn't count it in the list is Taylor Swift the heiress tour concert film I didn't count it because it's a concert film but man let me tell you I didn't make it to the heiress tour this year but that film truly made me feel like I was there it was a great experience so yeah anyway those are the top 10 for this year and let's move on we're gonna move on to the top 10 series all right so to kick things off it's just me no guests yet but I am going to be counting down my top 10 series of this year my favorite series that I've seen whether that be on tv or in streaming which realistically it is the year 2023 so most of these are from streaming I again like I just said a minute ago I did kind of review I didn't rank but I did kind of review every series I saw this year already on my other podcast and so I had a lot of reflection and a lot of um you know I was able to think about which shows I really loved which shows didn't make the top 10 list I only watched 14 series this year which is I think not a super big number especially considering that only four didn't make this list so almost every series I watched this year ended up on this list which is going to be very different from movies because I watched like triple the amount of movies this year um so I just want to mention really quickly that like before I start with the official top 10 series list is 
I only picked series that I watched in their entirety this year. Um, so not, not the entire series, but the entirety of whatever episodes came out this year. For example, Only Murders in the Building Season 3 came out this year. I watched a few episodes and I didn't get to finish it. I am actually planning on doing that, but I didn't count that on this list. It's not part of the ranking. It's not. It wasn't considered because I didn't watch every episode and I think it's not fair to kind of rank something or have an opinion about it if I haven't seen it in its entirety. Also, these are series that had to have at least one season that aired this year in 2023. Other than that, the ranking is all based on my own personal preference and it's like that with movies, with songs, with podcasts, with pop culture moments. It's all my own personal preference. So I do like to specify that as we begin just because I know some people will disagree, some people will be angry or, you know, unhappy with what I say, but I do just want to say that. Um, it's just my opinion, and you're welcome to your opinion. Okay, so without further ado, let's start starting at number 10. So my 10th favorite series that I saw this year was Doogie Kama Aloha Season 2. So I watched that on Disney+. Plus. I had not seen Season 1. I actually watched Season 2 completely blind, which is something I rarely do, but I really did enjoy it. It was very much what you would expect from Disney, from Disney+. Plus. It's a little bit juvenile a little bit um disney channel but also more mature there were scenes that you necessarily would not get on disney channel more like young adult teen scenes um but overall i just really enjoyed this series this um and especially this season unfortunately this show did get canceled so that was the last season but the one thing i do like is that they wrapped up the ending very nicely to where it's not you know there was no cliffhangers, nothing like that. So it was wrapped up very nicely. I think overall it was just a good, fun series. And of course, when you're going to see a Disney Plus original, you do have a certain idea of what you're getting into. And so that's number 10. At number nine, I have My Life with the Walter Boys. And I watched this series very recently. I actually had COVID about two and a half weeks ago. And during that time, I binged this series. I saw it in about a day and a half. Um, it was really good, though. It The way I described it, and I did this on my other podcast, too, and when I've been mentioning this series to people, I mentioned it to my sister. The way I've been describing it is the summer I turned pretty country version meets cheaper by the dozen. And I think that's a perfect description for it. But honestly, um, the acting is not like the top tier best acting ever, but I did enjoy the series. It's very similar to shows like The Summer I Turned Pretty and like, you know, anything with like a love triangle really, which is a big theme within at least young adult teen shows lately. So I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to see what they do with season two. Um, I think the plot i think everything about it was great the acting again is the only thing that sort of fell flat during some moments but i think if you're able to get past that the plot was interesting enough and there was always something happening there was a lot of characters so you do have to kind of keep up but otherwise i did pretty much enjoy it the eighth series on my list this year is how i met your father season two now this is another series that unfortunately this year was its last season it did get canceled but i really enjoyed it i think i enjoyed season two more than season one i love hillary duff i think she's great francia raisa who's also in this series i love her i've been watching her on different things for many years josh peck had a character um well, he had one last season also, but his character is more present this season. I think he's hilarious. Um, 
And I think the series was just funny, entertaining, especially I think as it went on, it, um, you know, towards the last few episodes, it just got more funny, more entertaining, um, very much sitcom. So if you're not into sitcoms, it's not for you, but it's, I really enjoyed it. And one of the things I also really loved is that there were so many episodes, like it was like a network TV series. Normally with streaming, you get eight to 10 episodes, 12 if you're lucky. Whereas this show had 20 plus episodes just this season alone. So although the show was canceled and I'm not really happy about that, I am grateful that there were so many episodes. I think it was funny. There were moments that made me laugh and it's just a great sitcom and you know, Hilary Duff is great. Um, so that is number eight on the list. And at number seven, I have the series Primo. Now this series is probably not as well known as a lot of these others on my list. However, somebody recommended it to me and I watched it on Freebie through Prime Video and it was so good. I really enjoyed it. And so, um, one, I loved the Latino representation that it had. I loved, um, you know, I'm Latina and I love that sort of representation. This year there was so much within series and movies, which I think I'm so grateful for and it's so important, but there hasn't always been that. So it was really nice, but also it was comedic. It was emotional. It was authentic representation as well. Uh, I think it was really great. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't heard of it, it was free to watch on Freebie. I don't know if you have to have Amazon Prime to use Freebie or not, but if you have Amazon Prime, Prime Video, and then you can watch it through Freebie. Um, completely free there are ads but I thought it was really great I really did enjoy it um, yeah I thought it I thought it was really good at number six I have school spirits this series originally was on Paramount plus and you, it is still available to watch there but it's also recently been moved to Netflix within like the last two three weeks and it's been in the top 10 on Netflix I really enjoyed it it stars um, Peyton List from Cobra Kai or from Disney Channel and Milo Mannheim also from Disney Channel and like every other movie and series this year um, and it was really good it was I thought it was going to be predictable. I thought it was sort of going to be one of those series where right off the bat you knew how it was going to end. And I'll be honest, it was a, like a murder mystery type. And she, there's this girl and she's a ghost and she's trying to uncover what happened to her. And she's trapped in the school because that's the place where she died. And I got to say, it actually was really good, really interesting and not predictable by the end. Um, there was this twist that I didn't expect so I really did enjoy it I'm very much looking forward to season two and I think um, now that it's on Netflix I don't know if Netflix now has the rights to it or if it's just uh, what the situation is there but I think it's gonna blow up even more at number five I have iCarly season three obviously this is the iCarly revival that we're talking about not the original um, because we're talking about things that came out this year but I thoroughly enjoyed it unfortunately again so many series especially series on this list got canceled this year or had their last season so iCarly did unfortunately get canceled I think it was a product of the strike and the effects of that um, so yeah no no more iCarly after this, but I really did enjoy it. I was a big fan of the original. The revival is great. Season three in particular, we finally got Carly and Freddie together and there was a lot of funny moments. Again, another series where Josh Peck had a character that wasn't even a main character, but just every time he was on screen was hilarious. Um, and I just think this show is great. I love that they've kind of evolved with their original audience and sort of kept the same sort of essence and humor of the original, but adapted it to an older audience. And I think that's great. And I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it 
So as we make our way up to the top of the list, number one through four, I do have to mention that this was a really hard decision. I actually went through this multiple times and sort of had to rearrange and think about what order I wanted this list to be in until I ultimately landed on this order. But these top four were really good and series that I really thoroughly enjoyed this year. And so, you know, as we're going through the list, just wanted to throw that out there. All right. At number four, I have The Summer I Turned Pretty Season 2. So I really love Jenny Han, um, who is the author of this book that they've made into the series. I love um, To All the Boys I Loved Before. I love Exo Kitty, which we'll talk about in a second. And, you know, all of her work. And so this series is great. The first season was amazing. Second season had a big tone shift. And now there was grief and there was this sadness and this added a layer of heaviness to the series that didn't quite exist the first season while there was you know moments that were heavy the series was very lighthearted and fun but I did like this kind of tonal shift in this second season and I watched every episode multiple times it's actually my sister's favorite show I've got my mom and my grandma into it and they thoroughly enjoyed it as well uh, I thought it was great I know TikTok and the whole internet was talking about it um, which of course you know things go viral it happens but people are still talking about it I literally saw some things like on TikTok about people saying oh I miss summer and when we would watch the series every week and I think it's great and I love um they've made some subtle changes from the book and I hope that they're able to continue to expand on that because there is only three books and I hope the third season isn't the last one I hope they kind of expand that universe a little bit and Jenny Han is really good at that so I'm really excited to see what they do with season three but season two was really great and I just loved where they took the series they pushed the limits I almost thought they weren't going to have Susanna die in the series like she does in the book because they kind of wanted to like I don't know maybe make it more lighthearted or whatever but I'm really glad that they did kind of take that risk and knowing that there were people who watched the show viewers that wouldn't like it um I as a book reader and as somebody who just wanted to see them take that risk I'm so glad that they did it and at number three on the list I have Exo Kitty another Jenny Han project I actually didn't even realize that I had put them back to back but I adore Jenny Han I love her work I love Exo Kitty Exo Kitty premiered this year so it was season one that I saw and it's basically the spinoff of To All the Boys I Loved Before, which I love that trilogy. And it follows Kitty, and who's Laura Dean's younger sister, and she's now in Korea. And she sort of finds herself in this, like, love square, not even a triangle. And she's also uncovering some secrets about her mom's past and all these things. And it ended with a really good cliffhanger that I'm very excited to see. They got, did get renewed for season two, luckily, so I'm very excited to see. But I really enjoyed it. I just, it, it gave a very similar vibe to To All The Boys while still being its own kind of thing. And I think Jenny Han is just so great and just knows how to write these great stories and things. And even, this is her first um, like television or film project not based on a book. Um, so it was very interesting to kind of see her expand that universe a little bit. And I really enjoyed it. I think Anna Cathcart did a great job as the as Kitty as the lead. Um, really great series that I'm very much looking forward to more of in the future. Now at number two, I have Never Have I Ever season four. This almost made number one until I realized there was something that just topped it a little bit more this year. But I 
have loved this series for so many years. This was season four, so I've been watching it since it came out. I think my Trey Ramakrishnan is great. Um, I'm a big Team Paxton fan, so Darren Barnett is awesome in this. And I've just been watching it for so many years, and I was really excited to see this final season. And although Davy did not end up with Paxton, she ended up with Ben, not what I wanted in particular. I have to say, I really did love the way they closed up the series. I think they didn't leave any loose ends. I think they did just a really great job. And I love Davy is honestly one of my favorite characters in like movies or tv because she's so authentic she started as this very you want to root for her but she was just this very troubled very struggling obviously because of grief character and whatnot kind of making dumb decisions and getting herself into situations and not even like it's not like she was going and doing drugs or something or getting herself into that kind of trouble but just sort of troubled internally and the character growth and then the evolution and the way they showed that throughout the seasons and very much um kind of revealed that in season four was really nice and i just i really like the show i think it's really funny i think there's just a lot of great aspects to it again very authentic character um honestly it feels like something that could have been written by jenny han but mindy Kaling did an incredible job with the series also the representation there's south asian representation obviously with davy slash my and with you know some of the other characters but then there's also like there was some latino representation and i just think it's so great and And yeah, I'm really going to miss this series, but definitely one of my favorites this year. And at number one, I had to, I had to pick High School Musical, the musical, the series season four. Now, when this first came out, I genuinely thought it was going to be terrible. I had super low expectations for it, if I'm being honest. I grew up with High School Musical. I am the biggest High School Musical fan. And I thought they were going to try to like remake or redo High School Musical. And instead, when I finally watched it, I actually watched it the day Disney Plus launched. I think I even did a podcast episode about it, like literally the probably within the week that I watched it back in 2019. And I was so pleasantly surprised with the concept. I thought it was a great way to sort of draw in fans of the original high school musical and sort of pay homage to that but also be its own completely unique thing where the concept is they go to the score was filmed and it's very meta and they're doing their own musical and i love the series i love the um a lot of the original music as well all i want written by olivia rodrigo who i'm a huge olivia rodrigo fan and i discovered her basically through this series um also sophia wiley she's great in this joshua bassett like an incredible cast as well um you know the original music like i said is great wandering um born to be brave all of these songs and then season four in particular this year the last season unfortunately so many of my favorite shows ended this year it's so sad but it was so wonderfully done i watched it with my sister i watched it first by myself and then i watched it with my sister and she was literally in tears because we would watch the series together every friday when it first the first season came out and then you know we watched every episode since and yeah she was in tears and I think they just so beautifully wrapped up the series and just did such a great job with that like I don't even know how to talk about it or what to say um 
I love that they brought back original cast members. They brought back Casey Stroh. They brought back Monique Coleman, Corbin Blue, um, Lucas Grabeel. Obviously, some of the other originals like Ashley Tisdale, Zac Efron, Vanessa Hudgens were very much missed. But I love what they did and who they brought back and the way they could just tied up this story and made everything so perfect. I think they could go for like five more seasons. Um, and that's because season two and three were not even my favorite. But season four really just kind of elevated the series and went back to that season one that I loved so that is my favorite series of the year next up favorite movies so stay tuned for that and I'll be back in just a second for that all right it's time for the top 10 songs of 2023 and again the same disclaimer i keep giving this is just my opinion based on my personal taste based on the songs i listened to this year so you know don't get mad at me don't if you disagree that's perfectly fine i would love to know actually your top 10 movies series songs podcasts and pop culture moments of the year as well so if you want to leave a listener message head on over to anchor.fm slash kennedy c and it'll give you the option to do that and i'd love to hear your top 10s of this year as well all right, let's get started. At number 10, and let me actually, actually, before we get started, I do want to say my personal preference for music is I really like a lot of pop music. I like, um, yeah, just pop music in general, Latin pop. Um, so that's a lot of what you're going to find on this list. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. At number 10, I have Single Soon by Selena Gomez. She had not released music in such a long time, but this song is really catchy, really fun. It gives me the vibes of like going out for a girl's night and just wanting to hang, you know, with your girls and whatnot. Just really great song. I, I just enjoy it. Really thought it was good. Listen to it a lot this year. At number nine, I have I Can See You by Taylor Swift. And let's just say this, first of all, it is the year of Taylor Swift. It was the year of Taylor Swift. We're going to talk about that more later, but Taylor is an icon, is a queen, and this song was so good. Out of all the songs she released this year, it was really difficult choosing one, but I Can See You is just so catchy, so good, and of course, who can forget that iconic music video that she dropped during the Eras tour and then brought out Taylor Lautner and Joey King on stage with her. I think it was just such a moment, and the song is so good, and the music video was so iconic, so that's my number nine um but taylor really dominated music this year at number eight i have poison poison by renee rap now renee rap released her album this year so good and everyone was talking about the song snow angel which i love but i love this song poison poison it's kind of a song about like just somebody you cannot stand just like somebody who's like your enemy and yet it has just this ethereal kind of vibe to it it's kind of like light-hearted but also if you listen to the lyrics they're like cutthroat i also just love renee rap love her new album cannot wait to see her in the new mean girls movie musical as regina george in 24 and i'm really just loving renee rap right now and this song poison poison if you have not heard it go listen to it i can't believe actually that it's this low on my list but again a testament to how good the music was this year at number seven, I have Vacation Eyes by the Jonas Brothers. I had been waiting for new music from the Jonas Brothers for so long, and they finally released a new album this year called The Album. Um, 
And there were so many great songs. I loved Waffle House. I loved um, Walls. But Vacation Eyes for me really was just my favorite. It's like upbeat, but also just gives like such summer beach vibes. I had the pleasure of going to see the Jonas Brothers on tour this year during their The Tour. Yes, their the album The Tour. It's a thing they did this year. And I had such a great time. It was my third time seeing them in concert. But Vacation Eyes was one of my highlights. And if you hear Joe Jonas's voice during that song, ooh, it is just top tier. At number six, I have Dance the Night by Dua Lipa, which earlier in the episode, if you were playing close attention, uh, paying close attention, I mean not playing, um, then you might have heard me accidentally spoil that this was on the list. But yeah, Dance the Night. I mean, this was the year of Barbie as well. And this song was so good. I love Dua Lipa. I love a lot of her music. I constantly have her music on replay, on repeat. And Dance the Night was so good. Such a fun song. So upbeat. Literally makes you want to do just that. Just like get up and dance the night away. So absolutely love. And yeah, that, that's my number six. At number five, I have Un Por Ciento by Bad Bunny and Grupo Frontera. Now, I'm just, first of all, a huge Bad Bunny fan. I love Bad Bunny, but also Grupo Frontera blew up this year. If you haven't heard of them, please go listen to them. And the cool thing is, a fun fact, is they grew up literally in the same area as me. In fact, I think they even still live here, which is so cool. Actually, here in my hometown, they literally just played a free concert. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go. I had COVID at the time. But... um they're just so cool so awesome and so these are like two of my favorite artists at the moment bad bunny and grupo frontera and they got together and made this song so good it might not be it's not really latin pop it's not reggaeton it's not exactly what you're used to it's more like regional mexican music is the way i would explain it but it's so good give it a chance go listen to it i promise you will not regret it at number four, I have Un Trago by Dana Paola. And this is another artist that I had the pleasure of seeing in concert this year. It was my first time ever seeing her in concert. She came to my hometown, which I know I just said Grupo Frontera had a concert here, but it's only because they're from here. Other than that, we really don't get artists that come here. And I was so excited to see her, and it was so much fun. And Un Trago is just like this fun, like exciting party song. So good. I had like a all the songs she sang, I mean, actually, I had so many that I loved, but this one was so fun to hear live, and also just listening to it, it actually, like, if you listen to it with headphones, it sounds really cool, but it's just, like, an upbeat, fun party song that I absolutely loved, and was just so, so good, and then at number three, I maybe cheated on this list a little bit because I have a tie for number three and I tried my best I didn't mention this in the beginning but to only put one song from every artist or from every album because I just wanted to have some diversity on the list have some different things and whatnot but I cheated and I have a tie for number three but the tie is from the same artist so it's like a double cheating um but at number three I have can't catch me now and I also have vampire by Olivia Rodrigo both songs by her um I wanted to have a song from Guts on here because she finally released a new album and it's so good and it obviously was breaking records and Vampire is just a song that I absolutely adore. It's very slow and then it gets sort of upbeat and I love, this is the song you sing screaming in your car or just sing scream all the time. It's so, so good and 
really not exactly what I expected from Olivia Rodrigo, but I absolutely loved it. And it was, of course, the first single off of Guts that she released. But then she released another single, not from Guts, but she released it for the new Hunger Games movie called Can't Catch Me Now. And that song has been living in my head rent-free it is so good. It's very catchy. It also just encapsulates both Lucy Gray, but also in a way Katniss Everdeen in this beautifully done way. I mean, y'all already know Taylor Swift and Lord both did songs for the Hunger Games credits and then Olivia Rodrigo did this. That just means she is a main pop girly if I've ever seen one and I know that and I love her and yeah, Can't Catch Me Now and Vampire 2 amazing songs and so different too and the fact that Olivia Rodrigo released both of these this year is just so insane at number two I have a song that just would not leave my head this year number two and number one are really here because they would not leave my head this year but I have Flowers by Miley Cyrus first of all I just love the concept of this song and Miley started sort of saying hey it's okay to be independent and it's okay buy yourself flowers hold your own hand you know talk to yourself for hours whatever and this song is just so good and I literally could not stop singing it and having it in my head and just playing it all year and it's like just so good and I'm so glad to see Miley also releasing music this year and I loved her album that she released this year there's other great songs on there as well Jaded is another one of my favorite from that album but I was just so happy you know Miley, Selena, Taylor, the Jonas Brothers all releasing music this year it take me took me back to like 2006 it's so good and Flowers is just that song that I don't think was only living in my head rent free this year but in everybody's head and at number one, I have Shakira Bizarrap Music Sessions Volume 53. And this song had me gagged, like literally had me jaw dropped for the whole, like all of this year, actually. Shakira just released this diss track, literally calling out her ex-husband, calling out his the girl that he cheated on her with. Like she did not hold back. And even though it's a diss track in a way, it's so catchy. I could not stop singing it. I will never stop singing it. Every time it comes on, I will be singing along to it. And it was just so good. And I love Shakira. Shakira is one of my favorite artists. And so this song was just so good. But anyway, that is my top 10 favorite songs of 2023. I also have to mention, I'll talk about it again a little bit later, but I really wanted uh, Dolly Parton released a rock album this year and I completely forgot about it when making the list and then it was kind of just too late to go and back and add it in but every song from that album so good Dolly Parton is an icon and then also Monoskin I listened to a lot of Monoskin this year but I can't remember if any of their songs came out this year in particular which is why I just forgot to add them to the list but if you love rock check out Dolly Parton's rock album and check out Monoskin. And they also did a, a collab together of Jolene, which was just the best thing ever, seriously. But anyway, we're going to move on to top 10 podcasts right here in a second. All right. And now time to count down my top 10 favorite podcasts of this year. I'm really excited about this. I have never done this. I've done movies. I've done series. I've done songs. I've even talked about like memorable pop culture moments. But this is a new segment we're adding for this New Year's New Year special. And maybe we'll add a new segment every year until we have like this mega New Year special. Who knows? But yeah, I thought, you know what? I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm not the kind of podcaster that's not going to support other podcasts. I 
totally will support other podcasts and I'll reveal my favorites and I don't mind doing that. So without further ado, here's my top 10 favorite podcasts of 2023. All right. At number 10, I have the sit and chat. This is a fairly new podcast and this is Bradley Stephen Perry and Jake Short who used to be Disney actors and now they kind of bring on guests. Some of them are actors. Some of them are just like other sort of big names and they just kind of literally do that sit and chat they used to have another podcast called hit the breaks and i enjoyed that one as well but i think it's really fun to just see celebrities or people you know within the industry whether that be acting or just like hollywood in general um just sit and talk and be normal humans and it kind of humanizes people sometimes you see people on tv and you think like oh this or that plus they also sometimes just reveal some fun stories some different things about the industry just like really interesting tidbits and stories and just things that have you laughing so i really enjoyed that podcast so far i look forward to seeing new episode or listening to new episodes in the new year um and i hope that they you know continue it on at number nine i have pod meets world this is the boy meets world rewatch podcast which has been going on for a bit with danielle fischel will Friedle, and Ryder strong and they just kind of discuss whether um that they discuss like episodes they rewatch they talk about you know stories from when they film them they talk about their thoughts now all these years later on you know certain opinions on the episodes and what they thought about them and they bring on guests who are on this show and things like that it's a really great podcast i think they in my opinion were one of the original rewatch podcasts i think they do a really good job organizationally i think they have so many guests they did have seven seasons of the series so they have so many guests that they bring on i think they're also just really good at like re-watching their series i've seen or heard a few other rewatch podcasts where they don't really rewatch; they just kind of talk and it's you know which is fine too but i really enjoy the way they do it and i think they're really great at number eight i have wizards of waverly pod this is a new podcast this year with um jennifer stone the actress who plays harper and david deluise the actor who played the dad in wizards of waverly place and I really enjoy, again, I just love a good rewatch podcast. I was a big fan of Wizards of Waverly Place, and I think it's really interesting to, you know, to listen to what they say and to hear them rewatch the episodes. And again, they are one that really does a good job of rewatching the episodes, which is something I appreciate, and I think a lot of people appreciate. And one of the great things is they brought Selena Gomez on for an episode um, in this first year of them having the podcast, which I think is really cool as well. Um, you know selena's a huge star and so for them to be able to have her as a guest and especially so quickly was pretty cool in my opinion at number seven i have a big name this is a family show so i'm not going to say the whole title but um b-i-t-c-h-e-s did i even say that right yes i did um spell that right i meant um and this is christy carlson romano which she has a ton of podcasts and um oh my goodness why am i forgetting her name Oh my goodness, the redhead from Raven, from That's So Raven. I want to say Chelsea, that's her character name. I don't know why I'm forgetting her name, but, um, oh goodness, it's going to drive me insane, you guys. But anyway, the point is, this podcast is really fun, and it's just two people who, they have similar experiences, both being actresses from the Disney Channel and whatnot, and, you know, they but they never worked together and I guess they've become friends but they weren't originally friends and so I think 
you know, that's pretty interesting as well is just the fact that that they have such similar personalities and I think I don't know one of the things I really love is they bring on guests and they kind of match their energy and they're loud and they're dramatic and they're these like actresses Broadway stars and they're just you know really fun and again they have so many similar experiences they're both sober they were alcoholics and you know or they are alcoholics I guess and I just love seeing them kind of happy and excited and just their big personalities are really fun honestly um and then at number six, I have Ned's Declassified Pod Survival Guide, which I think, look, I, I never really even watched Ned's Declassified growing up. It was a little bit before my time. I ended up watching episodes later on down the line, but I love this podcast. I don't know why I, and really it's because, and I know, I know I've been crediting other rewatch podcasts for rewatching episodes, but this podcast in particular, they, they do struggle with that a little. They don't always like talk about the episodes, but they just have like this great friendship dynamic. And it's so interesting to see. And they have the three, like they were the three leads in the show, um, which I think is really interesting because a lot of these rewatch podcasts are not like the leads of the show. And I think they just have such a great dynamic and just hearing them talk about like life and like just things outside of the series and outside of being actors and maybe I like it because I never really watched the show so to me it's more interesting like that but I really enjoy it and I think they're so entertaining this is one of the podcasts like I have two that I don't ever miss so yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it um at number five I have unplanned podcast the unplanned podcast that is with matt and abby who are these two youtubers tiktokers they're just like these social media this couple and they're really great they um just i don't know they just talk they're they're just really fun um i think they ask great questions from guests i was watching their episode their most recent episode with brooklyn and bailey yesterday and i just think who are two other social media stars and they give a lot of um insight into like that whole industry of like influencers and then just talk to other people and i think they do a really great job of just being like entertaining and also like in particular both of their voices this is kind of a strange random comment but they're very calming and so some of these podcasts like for example like ned's declassified pod survival guide like they're very you know they got big personalities and they're fun and they're entertaining but also it's good to have a podcast sometimes it's just very like mellow and like calm um so yeah i really enjoy it at number four i have the squeeze this is taylor lautner and his wife taylor lautner's podcast and i really enjoy they've brought on a lot of great guests they had sean johnson east who is obviously an olympic gymnast gold medalist and i think they also do a really good job of being calming and just sort of talking to guests and really having great conversations and yeah i really enjoy it i just think it's, it's just really great i um I don't know I just I don't even know how to explain it I just think there's good conversations I think they're good at speaking to guests I think um, obviously they have fun stories like you know um, joining Taylor Swift on stage at the Eras tour and doing flips on stage you know stuff like that is very interesting to hear at number three literally one of the podcasts that I do not ever miss, the one that I love so much, is Lone Lobos. And this is with Jacob Bertrand and Cholo Mariduanya from Cobra Kai. Um, but even though they're actors and they're on Cobra Kai, it's really fun because 
every week they're just talking random stuff like it never has anything to do with really like the industry or acting they brought on a lot of great guests they just sort of um had a revamp of the podcast this year um i know next week they're bringing on Sochil gomez who i love her she just won dancing with the stars so i'm really excited to hear that episode they also have like a great team um they have monica and jordan who are like their producers that um also kind of contribute to the podcast a lot and i don't know they're just really funny and really entertaining to listen to um and you never know what you're going to expect like i would definitely say out of all the podcasts on this list it's the one podcast where you literally never know what's going to happen so it's really fun really entertaining um and i really enjoy listening to now at number one and two did you guys really think i wasn't gonna talk about my own podcast did you think i wasn't gonna put them at number one and two um first of all before i get into which one is number one and which one is number two i want to say i genuinely love my podcast and i think that's important because why would i want you guys to love my podcast if i didn't love my podcast and so i'm not putting them here out of a place of arrogance or a place of just trying to self-promote i just genuinely do love my podcast and do hope that you all love them and hopefully and maybe you've never even heard of them and hopefully if i talk about them you'll go listen to them but i'm so grateful to within the last a little over a year was before 2023 but i started my podcast network simply podcast network and i have these three great podcasts that i do this one is of course the og the original the one that I put so much love and work and effort into and without this podcast the others wouldn't be possible but of course I you know I wanted to talk about my other two so at number two I have Cultura Conversations now the reason this one is at number two it was very hard to choose between my two podcasts because I love them so much but ultimately I only had a few episodes this year and really this is a podcast that only has a few episodes a year so I thought it would only be fair to put it at number two just because it did have a little less content or a lot less content and we'll get into that than my other podcast but Cultura Conversations is just this podcast where I sit down with guests and we talk about Latino and Hispanic culture and the experience and I had some great guests this year by the way if you haven't heard that like honestly I'm not just trying to self-promote I'm just saying like the people I got to speak to and the conversations we had regarding culture were just so impactful also this podcast was nominated for the latin podcast awards this year in three categories which i never in a million years would have expected and i was just so grateful so yeah anchor.fm slash cultura conversations if you're interested in that but yeah definitely i just love my podcast like i have to be honest and i know it sounds horrible but like i genuinely love them and i want you guys to love them and you know it wouldn't be fair to want you guys to love something that i don't love and at number one i have i obviously didn't include simply kennedy just because it is this podcast but you know so much love for it it's always tied for number one but at number one i have simply screen reviews that is the podcast where i review movies and series this year it had a big revamp we actually had if you can believe it 34 yes 34 episodes this year which is just unprecedented we released two episodes a week we released and released and released that's the podcast i had with the most content this year and i love movies and i love tv and it actually encouraged me to go to the movies even more this year and to just really watch everything i want to watch um and yeah i i put so much love and heart and work into this podcast this year and that's why it's at number one and i really really encourage you guys go listen to it if you get the opportunity to do so anchor.fm slash simply screen reviews and this podcast was also on the apple podcast charts this year which is absolutely insane it's only happened to me i think two times ever once was with this podcast and then with the other one i think twice with the other one so three times ever um which is 
just the craziest thing ever and for a podcaster to be on the charts is just like insane so that's number one for me this year is simply screen reviews and of course simply kennedy always number one it's the og it's it has to be but yeah those were my top 10 favorite podcasts of the year but don't worry next up we have top 10 pop culture moments of the year all right the time has come for the top 10 pop culture moments of 2023 and again as i keep saying these are just my opinion it's just what i put together they're moments that for me were big pop culture moments and i'm sure there was lots of others but these are just what i came up with and yeah i just thought it would be a great way to end the episode and to recap what an amazing year it's been and of course this podcast is about pop culture but it's been an amazing year in my life in my with my podcast with everything but we'll get into that at the end i don't want to get all emotional yet let's just get into it so my number 10 pop culture moment of 2023 is dolly Parton getting inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame but the iconic moment is when she released her rock album because a lot of people were criticizing her saying she doesn't make rock music and she shouldn't be inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame and yet she clapped back at them she said let me show you i make rock music and released this incredible rock album which i mentioned earlier and then on thanksgiving she performed during the halftime show of the dallas cowboys football game which i'm from texas so you know of course that's a big moment and she was wearing the iconic dallas cowboys cheerleaders uniform at her age looking incredible so that is my number 10 pop culture moment of 2023 dolly Parton is an icon and really just reminded everyone of just icon how iconic she is this year my number nine pop culture moment of 2023 is when celebrities, including Zac Efron, Gwen Stefani, Ming-Na Wen, Michael, Ming-Na Wen, who I met, by the way, this year, um, and she's so incredible and down to earth and so sweet, Michael B. Jordan, Courtney Cox, and of course, my personal favorites, the Jonas Brothers, were all honored with stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame this year, which is always exciting. And of course, every year they add new celebrities, new stars to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And this year, that included some really great celebrities my number eight pop culture moment of 2023 is olivia rodrigo releasing her much anticipated sophomore album titled guts with songs like vampire and get him back becoming hits and of course once again breaking records now i am such a huge olivia rodrigo fan you all know this if you've been watching or listening to my podcasts for a long time i love olivia since before she even released driver's license and of course everybody had been waiting for her to release new music it had been quite a hot minute and finally she did and of course that became a hit as well my number seven pop culture moment of 2023 is Xochitl Gomez winning the first ever Len Goodman Mirrorball Trophy on Dancing with the Stars. Now, I'm a huge fan of Dancing with the Stars. I watch it every single year. And from the first episode, I was rooting for Xochitl Gomez. And of course, her partner, Val Shmerkovsky, who is one of my favorite pros on the show, because again, I'm a huge fan. And I was really rooting for Xochitl and watching her. And I was like, she has to win. She has to win. And I had some other favorites on there this season. Lele Pons being one of them. And it was such a great season, I have to say. Like, so good. There were some really great dances. And um, they actually had for the first time in a really long time. No, actually for the first time ever. Five contestants in the finals. And Xochitl just came out on top as I knew she would. And of course, this year's trophy was 
the first ever Len Goodman Mirrorball Trophy dedicated to Len Goodman, the head judge for the longest time of Dancing with the Stars, who sadly passed away. At number six of top 10 pop culture moments of 2023, that's a mouthful, is this year's Super Bowl. So the Chiefs played the Eagles and brothers. Travis and Jason Kelsey went head to head. Um, And of course, Travis Kelsey is also on everyone's minds this year because of Taylor Swift and his relationship with her. But I think the real show this year at the Super Bowl was Rihanna's halftime performance. Of course, people were trying to recreate it on TikTok and everybody was talking about it. And it was complete with a surprise pregnancy announcement where Rihanna announced that she was having another baby at the end of the halftime performance. So, yeah, that was a moment that I think was pretty iconic. And, of course, the Chiefs came out on top, but it was a very close game. At number five of pop culture moments of this year, I have the Met Gala, which, as always, was one of the most talked about fashion events of the year. And this year's theme was honoring designer Karl Lagerfeld. We saw all sorts of looks. We saw lots of black and white, as those were Lagerfeld's iconic colors. We saw a few people dressed as cats, um, Doja Cat and Jared Leto, um, you know, just bringing the cat look because Lagerfeld loved cats. And of course, it was also a little bit controversial seeing as how Carl Lagerfeld was a bit controversial in his life, um, being a little bit fat phobic, a little bit, you know, we're not going to get into other things, but um, it was controversial nonetheless. And the star, though, of the Met Gala was the Met Gala red carpet cockroach that literally went viral on tiktok and had photographers literally taking pictures of him it was wild but that was definitely an iconic moment and especially when it comes to fashion at number four of pop culture moments of 2023 i have Halle bailey making history as ariel in the live action little mermaid now i again i talked about this earlier it was really one of my favorite movies of the year despite not making my top 10 list but what i think is so important is that little girls everywhere were seeing themselves represented with a black little mermaid and that is more important than anything else and the videos of little girls crying and reacting to the movie were so heartwarming and so important and along with that as part of this um, moment, I also have Sholo Maridueña making history as the first Latino superhero to have his own film with Blue Beetle because that kind of representation is so important as well. Having a Latino superhero is so long overdue and yes, there have been a few others but never with their own movie and again, little boys reacting to seeing a Latino superhero was just so heartwarming this year and, you know, a black Disney princess and a Latino superhero just making kids everywhere see themselves represented and feel like they can do anything is so important and representation in all forms is so important and there was so much great representation this year, you know, even, um, there was ASL representation and deaf representation with Creed 3. And so all the representation is just a great step in the right direction that I hope will continue next year. At number three of pop culture moments this year, I have Hollywood going on strike. The WGA and SAG-AFTRA went on strike. So basically, writers and actors were on strike in Hollywood for the first time in decades. And that strike lasted over five months. But it was all worth it because both the WGA and SAG-AFTRA were able to come to a fair agreement with studios and were able to negotiate new contracts with fair wages, protecting actors against AI, among other things as well, which is so important. And also set a precedent for other industries about strikes and how 
fair agreements can be reached and should be reached and that nobody should settle for anything less. At number two, I have Barbie and Oppenheimer dominating the box office this summer with people everywhere talking about Barbenheimer. And I think it was just such a moment in time. Of course, everyone was excited for Barbie and everyone was dressed all in pink and everything. But then there were those who were making it a double feature and it was the debate of should you see Barbie first or should you see Oppenheimer first? Unfortunately, as much as I really wanted to see Oppenheimer this year, I just did not get the opportunity to do so. But I just think the hype of it all was so fun and just two polar opposite movies you have this like Christopher Nolan kind of dark movie about a bomb essentially and then you have this fun Greta Gerwig girly Barbie movie and I just think the memes everything that came out of this era were hilarious and I think will be remembered for a very long time um as Barbenheimer even the shirts and things I saw the merch incredible um and I think it was just such a moment and at number one of pop culture moments in 2023 is, of course, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour. Taylor Swift, as I said earlier, dominated 2023. Such an incredible artist. Of course, everybody was talking about her. You love her or you hate her, but you know who she is and you think she's iconic nonetheless. And the Eras Tour was such a moment, combining all her eras and truly being the artist that, like, created eras there's lots of artists now that have their eras but taylor is the artist responsible for eras and to put on this three-hour show to have these incredible outfits to sing so many songs from her discography to have surprise songs to give that 22 hat all of that just so incredible the friendship bracelets literally becoming a moment people dressing as her eras all of that you know surprise guests um and then dropping the a music video and announcing 1989 taylor's version and so so much and then everyone wanting to see who are the celebrities there tonight who's in the vip tent and taylor swift is the celebrity that celebrities go see she's incredible and of course paired with that the Eras tour concert film coming out because i was so bummed to not be able to see it and i was relying on people's live streams and whatnot but taylor is so generous and of course said you know what i'm gonna release a concert film so that my fans that didn't make it to the Eras tour can live that experience as well and i lived that experience and it was so great and i definitely think taylor swift's Eras tour was the number one pop culture moment of 2023 so that is my top 10 pop culture moments of 2023 it was really hard as well just because it it's not such a definite category like movies songs um series podcasts there's kind of you know you know what came out this year whereas pop culture moments was a little bit more open-ended and something i was able to sort of figure out on my own and so yeah that was difficult it was but great nonetheless and yeah those were the top 10 pop culture moments of 2023 at least in my opinion um anyway i just want to say to everyone thank you so much for this year thank you for your support on this podcast of my other podcasts as well if you've been supporting them i just so so much love and gratitude for all of you for my listeners thank you for hanging in i don't know how long you've been with me whether this was your first year listening to me or whether you've been listening since 2018 nonetheless thank you from the bottom of my heart this is an episode i've been doing since 2018 a special episode and every year i'm just so grateful that i still have people listening that i still have supporters that i have probably even more than i've ever had and that means the absolute world to me 
And it's just so, so incredibly important to have you all here supporting me. And this year was amazing. And I thank you all. And I, I really, truly am grateful. And I hope you all had amazing years. And I look forward to 2024. And every year I feel just gets better and better. And 2024 is not going to be the exception. So again, thank you. Thank you. Muchísimas gracias. Desde el fondo de mi corazón. Gamsamnida. You know, I don't even know how many other languages to say thank you in. But thank you. Thank you. And I know I have international listeners all over the world and that never ceases to blow my mind and i wish i could speak all of your native languages but if you've been if you're listening clearly you understand english and you know i i truly truly appreciate you um just so much love so much love los quiero muchísimo thank you so much for this year on to 2024 simply kennedy simply screen reviews and cultura conversations are going to be bigger and better than ever it's going to be just even better than next year so Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy New Year, happy New Year, happy New Year, happy 2024. And wishing you so much love and safety and gratitude and um, blessings and, and everything that you want in the new year and just everything, success and everything else. Um, so thank you again so, so much for listening. And again, if you want to know where to find me all over the internet, uh, my other podcast, Simply Screen Reviews, that's going to be anchor.fm slash Simply Screen Reviews. Cultura Conversations, that's going to be anchor.fm slash Cultura Conversations. Kennedy, see me down Facebook. Give us a like. That's where you're going to get updates on this podcast and all of my other projects. My personal YouTube channel, Kennedy Castillo. It's K-N-N-E-D-Y-C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. Lots of great videos there. KennedyCblog.com is my blog and other than that i think that's all the places you can find me on the internet so thank you for tuning in and we will be back in 2024 bigger and better than ever and um actually starting tomorrow january 1st we're gonna have monday music minute again exclusively for our spotify listeners and it's gonna be a really special long episode of monday music minute with all my top 10 songs from 2023 on there we're just gonna relive those and sort of recap that again so if you're listening on spotify make sure you give it a listen tomorrow monday and if you're not listening on spotify um go go listen to that special episode on spotify thank you again everyone and we'll we'll be here tomorrow and in the new year lots of love happy new year happy new year happy new year simply kennedy is part of the simply podcast network for more information about the simply podcast network visit simplypodcastnetwork.com